Good. Okay. Good evening, everybody. So uh, tonight we're going to share two shilas. You'll tell me which one you want to speak about. One of them is a little bit of a repeat, but it's not because there was a new shaila that came in, and it's become a little more in Yana Dioma in recent times. So uh, the the shayla, the new one that came in, which is similar to an old one that was not voted on, is as follows: Hirav um, Libuitz, one of the Balibatim in the shul, asked me this question. He is traveling this week for work, and the only Orthodox shul that he can get to for Shabbos is several hours away. I think three hours or maybe a little more by car. Is he obligated to travel six hours, which is also a large cost of gas, in order to hear Pasha Zachar? Thanks. So first, I told the rabbi, Parzachar is next week. Okay, but let's assume he's, uh, he's traveling. Uh, let's assume he's traveling next week. You know, you don't you don't want to delay it on the wrong <laughs> the wrong week, right? But let's assume he's uh, the, the fellow is traveling next week, and that's very similar to a shaili you may recall, right? Did we have that one? What did I tell you that one? Uh, shaili you may recall, I got from a rav in Eretz Yisrael that said that a doctor from my shul travels to America every couple of months or so to work for a week or two. He works in different hospitals around the country and is sometimes located in a place with no Jewish community. Although he worked it out that he never has to work on Shabbos, he's sometimes stuck in a town with no access to an Orthodox shul. He's scheduled to be in some far-out town for Shabbos, Parshat Zachar, and it's a several-hour drive to spend Shabbos at a Jewish community. Changing the date of his work obligation to enable him to be away for Shabbos will cause him a financial hafzid of about $7,000. Is he required to give up the $7,000 to hear Parshat Zachar, or he can fulfill his Kriyav by hearing Kriyasa Torah on Purim morning? And just to note, $7,000 is less than Chomesh Nechasav of, uh, of this doctor. He has more than $35,000 to his name. So, uh, all right, so that's all one shayla, meaning like how much you have to spend, how much you have to lose in order to do Parshat Zachar. A second shayla came up. I got a shayla from a Rav. Uh, that said as follows. He said that uh, he has a guy in his shul who is bipolar. He has bipolar disorder, which is, uh, um, well, we could discuss what it is. Uh, And uh, they've been working to manage it with medication, as you're supposed to do, some combination of medication and psychotherapy. And uh, and, uh, none of the medications were really doing the job, except for one that they now feel like is... uh, is working. They feel they've hit the right, the right medication and the right treatment plan that seems to be working for the fellow. The fellow is not married. He's a single guy. He's uh, divorced, I believe. And the, uh, the, the problem is that the medication comes with a side effect, comes with several side effects. The rabbi actually sent me a, um, a screenshot of what it says is the side effects. Um, he, he became... Uh, uh, obsessed about engaging in sexual activities and had very high libido and an uncontrollable urge to masturbate. Um, that's the side effect, that he becomes overly sexually, uh, uh, hypersexuality or whatever uh, you want to call it. So Shaila is, here he has this medication where there's no doubt that he's going to be Motsizar Levatala if he's on this medication. And on the other hand, if he's not on this medication, he's having a really hard time managing his bipolar disorder. So uh, how do we manage those two, uh, those two factors? So that is Shaila number two. So again, Shaila number one, about how much of a loss does one have to take for Parsha Zachar? And Shaila number two, about uh, being both bipolar and overly stimulated, I guess uh, you would say, by the medication that's treating the bipolar. So in the... Uh, 
chat, anyone can vote, and then in person we'll have a vote. Uh, I, I was just at a board meeting, a REITS board meeting. I, I don't normally go. They invited me to say Dvar Torah there, and Henry Olinsky was there, and Henry's always here on the Zoom. So Henry said, I vote one. I don't even know what the Shilas are, but I vote one. So uh, so we have Henry's vote is recorded uh, as uh, for, for one. Um, does anyone, uh, yeah, all those who wanted to talk about Shilas number one, about Parsha Zachar? Okay, all those who want to talk about Shilas number two? That's pretty even in the room. A little more than Shiloh number two. Let's see. On uh, here. Oh, no. I don't even know how to read this. <laughs> One second. Uh, what did I do? I just don't mention the scales. What? I don't mention the scales. Yeah. Yeah. I honestly, I have no idea what... Because I'm on my I'm on my phone. So I don't know. It says that there are seven votes. Maybe someone on the uh, on the Zoom can tell me which way the votes are going. No, I don't want to say. Uh, okay, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Anyone want to tell me? Anyone on the Zoom can see what the votes are? Oh, Jakob Bluestein says even that it's even. Oh boy, now what? What, what was it here? Also kind of even. Should we do the vote again over here? Let's do it one more time. We'll count them more carefully. But we're keeping. Oh, and Henry counts as an internet vote. He doesn't count as an in-person vote. Okay, all those who want to discuss Shadow number one. All those who want to discuss shadow number two? Yes, yeah, six is still more than three. Okay, so uh, so I guess we'll discuss shadow number two, and uh, there's still next week, <laughs> you know, for, uh, for shadow number one. I don't know if I'll bring it up again, but okay. So the first thing to discuss when uh, when talking about such a shayla is what exactly is bipolar? Uh, and uh, I mean, because whenever you're going to talk about treating an illness or treating some sort of uh, problem, you have to know what kind of illness is it? How bad is it? Uh, is it a chalashem basakana, chalashish basakana, mechosh be'alma? Where exactly do we uh, do we put it? in terms of the uh, categories of illness that we have. So you could uh, Google it. What is bipolar? Bipolar disorder, formerly called manic depression, is a mental health condition that causes extreme mood swings that include emotional highs, mania or hypomania, and lows, such as depression. When you become depressed, you may feel sad or hopeless and lose interest or pleasure in most activities. When your mood shifts to mania or hypomania, less extreme than mania, you may feel euphoric, full of energy, or unusually irritable. These mood swings can affect sleep, energy, activity, judgment, behavior, and the ability to think clearly. Episodes of mood swings may occur rarely or multiple times a year. While most people will experience some emotional symptoms between episodes, some may not experience any. Although bipolar disorder is a lifelong condition, you can manage your mood swings and other symptoms by following a treatment plan. In most cases, bipolar disorder is treated with medications and psychological counseling, psychotherapy. So that's the the very short version of what what it is. Now, what, what goes unsaid in that very quick summary is that when you're having lows, right, meaning such as depression, how bad does that depression get? So that probably depends on the person, right? There are some cases where the depression gets so bad that uh, there's suicidal thoughts, suicide attempts even sometimes. Now, if you're at that level where the depression gets that bad, then you're dealing with the cholesterol because you're dealing with an obvious pikuach nefesh. If you're not at that level, then you're dealing with a person who is simply not functioning um, you know, as they uh, as as they should be functioning, functioning, they're not functioning in a normal in a normal way, and it's going to have a tremendous impact on their not just their energy levels, but all of their relationships and uh, and everything else. So, um, 
So the first thing we have to figure out is would we consider bipolar pikuach nefesh? And if it's not pikuach nefesh, what kinds of, uh, of does halacha approach milder forms of mental illness in, uh, you know, how does halacha view it? And then, uh, then we have to talk about what's the next time to talk about is the iser of Hotzah Zera Levatala. How bad of an Aver is it? Is it an Isudar Is it an Isudar Is it Yarhag Val Yavar? Is it the kind of thing that if you do that Isudar, there's no Tshuva and you're going to burn in uh, boiling, whatever, for the rest of eternity or whatever they told you in Misifta, right? Meaning, is it uh, so, so what exactly uh, is the nature of that Isudar? And then, once we have all that, hopefully we could arrive at some sort of Psak Halacha. So, uh, and this Shaila happens to be a Shaila that I had the opportunity over the past two days. I got the Shaila yesterday afternoon, uh, so I took one of my posek walks around the building, so I got the opportunity to talk to Rabbi Sablowski, Rabbi Willigan, Rabbi Shachter about, uh, about this shayla. So, uh, so let's start with, um, with uh, uh, whether this is considered pikuach nefesh or not. So if the depression leads to suicidal thoughts and even suicidal attempts, then certainly uh, it, would be, uh, it would be considered pikuach nefesh. Rav Shechter told me that Rav Salvechik thought that uh, whenever you're dealing with uh, mental uh, illness that's significant, even if it's not going to lead to physical pikuach um, nefesh, that that's considered pikuach nefesh, that the nefesh of a person is not only their life, it's their mental well-being also, or something like that, some sort of very big chiddish that uh, that, that counts as pikuach nefesh as well. Um, <coughs> there are many sources that suggest that a person who is uh, suffering from severe depression is considered a chalashi yeshba and that caring for that person would have all of the heterim of pikuach nefesh. There is a Gemara in Shabbos on Daf Chavtes that tells us that someone is allowed to put out a fire in Shabbos for someone who's afraid of Ruach Ra'a. Rashi writes, what's Ruach Ra'a? Some type of, you know, evil spirit, some type of psychosis. <coughs> Excuse me. In Shulchan Aruch, in Simon Tavkov, Ayin Aleph, Shulchan Aruch says someone who suffers from Ruach Ra is, uh, doesn't have to fast on any of the, uh, the, the tainios Rabbanan. And the Chassam Sofer even allows a, a child who has to be institutionalized to eat non-kosher food in order to have, meaning if they, they have to be stuck in an institution that doesn't offer a kosher menu, but that's the only thing that's going to be able to treat their their mental illness, so he, he allows for it, because he says if they don't go into that institution, they're going to remain a shota kol yamav, and a shota's potter from mitzvahs, uh, but, uh, but, but uh, you know, so, so you're, mutav she'ichal shab zachas k'day she'ishmar shabazos arbe, you're going to be potter from all mitzvahs, so get them right now, get them in, in the right frame of mind, in the right place now, but again, in that uh, type of situation, um, we're dealing with severe mental illness, the kind that, uh, that is considered pikuach uh, nefesh. Now, when you're dealing with less severe mental illness, so that becomes a little more tricky. Mild depression, you know, Shmir Shabbos Gilchsa and Periklamet Gimel defines a choloshe ein bo sakana as someone who uh, is not able to function normally and go about their day normally. Uh, fever, pain that, uh, that, that causes them to not function properly. And Shulchan Aruch and Simishin Chavches, the Fiyud 
Zion says Chol someone who needs who's bedridden, someone who needs to be lying down in bed. Rav often tells us it doesn't mean dafka lying down in bed. It means that someone who's just not able to go about their day functioning in a normal way. When someone has mild depression, they're very likely to not wake up in the morning, just stay in bed till uh, uh, noon or later, and uh, you know, not really be able to function, not want to see people, not want to talk to people, and certainly lose the ability to function in a normal way. Um, the Tzitz Eliezer has a tshuva in Chelek Yud Simin Yud Ches, Os Ches, where he allows somebody who recovered from a non-life-threatening uh, mental illness to say Birch Sagomel, because he says it's uh, recovering from, a, from an illness. Um, the uh, Rav Asher Weiss also certainly considers mild depression to be a chalda she'en bo sakana. So at the very least, at the very least, what we're dealing with over here is chalda she'en bo sakana. Most of the Rabbanim I spoke to said that they have, whatever experience they have with bipolar disorder, is that it can often be chalda she'yesh bo sakana, either because the depression can be so wild or the manic episodes can be so wild that it could uh, lead to behavior that's, uh, that is itself a danger, or because you're going with Rav Shachter B'Shem Rav Salvechik's definition of, uh, of, of Sakana. So it's at the very least the Chalash Bo Sakana, more likely Chalash Bo Sakana. Now for Chalash Bo Sakana, you could do just about anything. Right, certainly taking a medication. There's no issue in taking medication, but are you allowed to do hotza zera levatala? So for that, we need to understand a little bit about the isra of hotza zera levatala. So there is a gemara in Nida and Daf Yud Gimel where the gemara tells us in the name of Rabbi Yochanan, Kalamotzi shechvazera levatala chayiv misa shenemar vayera beinah Hashem asher asa that what Onan did it was bad in the eyes of Hashem because he was mashchazera vayamas kamel so Rabbi Yisroel Rabbi Ami. That someone who's mostly zerulavatol says if you shofech damim shenemar hanacham balim tachas kalitzran and shochte eladim hanacham tachas siif haslaim altikri shochte elasochte. Ravasi amar kilu oved avodos kochavim. That it's as if he was oved avodosara because it says over here tachas kalitzran and it says Allah harmaram v'tachas kalitzran with legabe avodosara. So the gemara is pretty harsh, right? The gemara tells us that to be Motsizar Levatala, if we have to equate it with other Isurim, the Isurim we would equate it with are Shvichas Damim and Avodazara. So what is the source of this Isur? Where does it even say it in the Torah? And is it in Isur Darais? Is it in Isur Darabadan? I mean, sometimes the Gemara says things are like other things, but it doesn't mean that they are, it is the equivalent of, right? Meaning, uh, someone said, for example, someone said, the Gemara says that Kalakoes uh, is ki'ilu ovid avodazara. If you get angry, it says if you're ovid avodazara. So let me ask you. Uh, avodazara is yaharg val yava, right? So if someone says, someone takes a gun, holds it to your head and says, I want you to get angry or I'm going to kill you. Do you have to say, no, I am going to take this perfectly calmly. I will not get angry. Because uh, it's, it's yaharg val yavar to get, to get angry. Now, no one's going to say that getting angry is yaharg val yavar, right? Meaning in, in some sense, 
getting angry is, a, is showing a certain lack of or a certain sense over, you know, uh, exaggerated sense of self-importance where you make yourself like an avodazara, meaning there's some shot like that. That's what it, it means. It doesn't mean that it's the equivalent of. So when we say Ashkazazara is like Shofik Damim, like Ovid Avodazara, so does that literally mean it's as bad as those things? If it is, then it's Yahari Valiavar, and then we're really in trouble, right? You have to die rather than, uh, than violate those Yisurim. But, but even before that, is it even an Isra Where does it say it in the Torah that you're not allowed to be Motsi Zara Levatala? So the Gemara in Sanhedrin says that Kal Mitzvah Shnemer Levene Noach, Benishnas Basinai, Nemra. That any mitzvah that was said to Bene Noach, and was repeated again in Har Sinai is meant for Bnei Noach and for the Jewish people. So the Gemara asks, what about the mitzvah Puravu that was originally said to Bnei Noach and is repeated in Har Sinai, and nevertheless Bnei Noach are not nitztave in it? So Tosus on the spot raises Tema Minola Delo Nemrel Bnei Noach. Meaning, how do you know that Puravu doesn't apply for Bnei Noach that they have no mitzvah Puravu? Oh, you're going to tell me it's because it's not included in the Shev Mitzvah Bnei Noach? The Sheva Mitzvahs don't include any assays. They're all about uh, los assays, uh, not, not mitzvahs that require action. So it says Tosus, how does the Gemara know that Pnei Noach and Achayev and Puruvu? Answers Tosus, Yeshlomer de Shev Yalta Senamihu, Demisha Mitzvah Apiri Vrivya, Mitzvah Shlola Hashchazera. That Puruvu is also Shev Yalta because the flip side of Puruvu is that you're not allowed to be mashchazera. So it's the shevi side of puravu. And therefore, if b'nei noach were mitzuva on puravu, they would also be mitzuva on hashchazazera. We who are in fact mitzuva on puravu are therefore also mitzuva on hashchazazera. So that's one possibility. Now, there is a Gemara that uh, in the Sech Savadzara that Darshan's a Pasuk. Pasuk says, V'neshmarta mikol davara, and the Gemara Darshan's that a person shouldn't be maharer biyom and motizera belayla, shouldn't do things during, have thoughts during the day that are going to cause him to be motizera. That's actually a lot closer to our case. Because in our case, we're not talking about a guy who is asking whether he could be motizera. We know he's not allowed to do that. He's, we're asking whether he could do something that's going to cause him to be motizera. But it's also a little different than our case. Because when it says Rishmat to be called Avara, it means that it's going to cause him at night in his sleep to be Motzizera. And even that's us. You're not allowed to do something that's going to cause you in your sleep when you have no control over your faculties to be Motzizera. So you shouldn't be looking at things or thinking about things during the day that will cause you to be Motzizera at night. In our case, if he takes the medication and he becomes hypersexual, um, it's not that the Zera is just going to burst out of his body he's going to have a taiva to actively cause the zera to come out of his body. So it's uh, somewhere, in, you know, our case is somewhere in between a typical hashchasa zera case and that gemara. Anyway, the Bach in Simon Gimel in Orachayim writes, Kivan de Israel tzar zel v'atala asi v'nishmatim yikol davara chashiv sveika daraisa v'azin balachumra. That tzar zel v'atala is considered nisra daraisa because from the Nishmat to be called Avra, we learn that you're not even allowed to have Yerurim Biyom, lest you come to be Motsi Zara. So obviously it's an Isser Daraisa. In the uh, Achiezer of Chaim Eiser, in Chayla Gimel, Simulchav Dalid, he adds a little more commentary on this, and he says, Nira, digam gram Even be a gram Hotzar Zara is Aser, 
because we learned from Nishmat to be called Avara that Mikanam Rav Pinchas Ben Yair Shlo Yar Biyom. The other day, Tumah Blayla, I said it's Gemara in Avodazara. I have in my notes here it's in Ksubus Membav. I seem to think it's in Avodazara also. I'm not sure. Umashu Misugis Agemara. So says Rechaim Moser. It sounds like Gemara. It's not an Asmachta. It's a real Din Daraisa. And Tosus in Avodazara Davchaf. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It is in Avodazara. Oh, sure. So Tosus in Avodazara Davchaf says, you know, I, uh, that, that, that it's also in this in this Daraisa. And you have the Tosus that we saw before in Sanhedrin Nuntas that it's Mishum Peruvu. It is interesting because in the Ram and the Shulchan Aruch it doesn't say that it's an Asar Mishum Benishmartem. Um, so uh, it could be that they hold that it's only that's only an, an, an Asmachta. Anyway, in in Igris Moshe, Eben Ezra Chel Gimel Dalid, Rav Moshe writes that uh, uh, that someone want, asked him a question to to, to find out Ki Israel Zara Eino Mishasalavid. Why is it that it's not one of three hundred sixty-five Losa says? Why is Hotzazara not one of the three? Whoops. Why is Hotzazara still there on the Zoom? Why is Hotzazara not one of the three hundred sixty-five uh, Losa says? And he says, um, Ramosh says, I'm confused. I don't understand. You sent me a Shaila where you seem to imply that Hotzazara is only an Isra Midrabanan. You can't say it's a Durabanan. It's for sure a Doraisa. It's a very strict Isser. In a certain sense, it's more Chamur than all the other Shabbatorah. Moshe says, even though that's obviously Lavdavka. Meaning there have been, there's been a lot, a lot of damage that have been done to young people by, uh, you know, uh, Rebbeim who went with the strategy of uh, trying to uh, um, be mechanich, uh, teenagers, by telling them how, you know, by, by scaring them uh, about how terrible Atzal Zara is and never go to Al-Mahaba and you might as well throw in the towel already on all of your Yiddishkeit if you're a Motsi Zara because it's, uh, you know, a lot of damage was done to a lot of people that way. That is not the Mahalich. Ravosh saying, but we can't deny that it's Nisad Daraisa, but he says, you know, some of these more um, extreme statements about Atzal Zara, they're love davka, he says. You know, because iser uh, ish ish, iser nido chamur, and iser drabanan lo yeshayich lomer lashon zeh. Very kol iser ahirim mikrodim shvat mikol davara. He says it's kadesh lo yavli deitumablayli. He says, and keep in mind the whole iser of a shvat mikol davara of hirhurim is only so that it doesn't lead to that eventual hotzazera. So he says, I, I I really think we're dealing with an iser darais over here, and not an iser drabanan. Um, the Orach Lener in Nida Daf Yud Gimel um, is, you know, says, I'm not sure what which pasuk tells me the Yisr. He says, according to Rabbeinu Tam, it's Puravu, but not everyone agrees with Rabbeinu Tam that the flip side of Puravu is Ashkazazera. So he says, maybe I have a different source. The Gemara of Kamet of Sadi Aleph says, mm-hmm. How do I know that a person is not allowed to wound himself? A person is not allowed to injure himself. You're not allowed to cut yourself or give yourself a bruise. And it learns it from Baltashchis that if by tearing begadim it's a violation of Baltashchis, by you know wounding your body, Kalvachomer, it's a violation of Baltashchis. So the Gemara says, well, what do you mean? Maybe begadim 
No, what's the what's the answer to that svara? The gemara with that kavuchomer. Yeah, whatever you cut yourself, you, you'll you'll heal. The body heals itself. The begadim aren't going to sew themselves back together again. So uh, the gemara instead says me'asharchat al nefesh. It derives. So based on that, even though the gemara says you can't learn gufo from begadim because it's pseido de lohadar, because uh, whatever happens to a beged is a loss that's irretrievable. But once we learn from asharchata, and it doesn't say what chet there is. And Valma Avar Shakarios Akasov Chote. What did you do that the Torah is calling you Chote? Says the Orchliner El Al Korchach to Bezeg Golikra to Vashchasas Gufo Ikod Gamkei Mishumas Harim Baltashchis. What the Gemara is doing is it's going back to its original Svara. The Gemara said that when you wound yourself, it's Baltashchis, and the and the Raya is because it's Kalvachomer from tearing a begin. The Gemara says it's a bad Kalvachomer. I have a cash on the Kalvachomer because when you tear a begin, the begin doesn't just mend itself. So the major kasha in the Kalvachomer. But then the Gemara says, no, because there's a Pasuk, Asher Chata Ala Nefesh. And that's how I know you're not allowed to wound yourself. So says Yerachner, Asher Chata Ala Nefesh implies that there's some Avera. So he said, where's the Avera, though, of wounding yourself? So he says, it must be that the Gemara is saying the Kalvachomer was really correct. And even though there's a Pircha in the Kalvachomer, but there's a, there's a Pasuk that tells you that it's an Iser. And, and, and therefore, hash, uh, wounding oneself is in Isra of Baltashchis. Here's the Chiddush, says Yolchner, the Bashchazera, Ikad Gamkein, Mishum Baltashchis. The Bashchazera is also an Isra of Baltashchis. Now, there are postcards that hold that it is only in, in, in Isra de Rabbanon. You know, there's a Tshuva in the Pnei Yoshua, in the Tshuva's Pnei Yoshua. Tshuva's Pnei Yoshua should not be confused with the Pnei Yeshua. What? Someone wrote a sefer called Tshuva's Pnei Yeshua and they were not the Pnei Yeshua? That person should be, you know, the, isn't that some sort of copyright infringement? Right? That person, how, how do you write a sefer called Pnei Yeshua? It was the Pnei Yeshua's grandfather. The Pnei Yeshua ripped off his grandfather's, <laughs> his grandfather's name when he wrote, uh, when he wrote the sefer. So in the Tshuva's Pnei Yeshua, he was asked about a person whose wife uh, gave birth and uh, he was Nafal Mishkov because he couldn't be Boel her for whatever reason and his refuah was to be Motzi Zara Levatala. Is that mutter? Meaning he was ill and he was going to die because he couldn't be Motzi Zara Levatala. I would ask for a second opinion, personally. From, 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 I, I would need to speak to more than one physician after getting such a, a diagnosis. But uh, let's assume that is the, uh, the diagnosis. So, uh, so says It's not It's not Ah, the Gemara Nida says it's Kilu Shavik Damim. It means it's a big Avera. But you think really that it's uh, that it's like Avodazar and Shvichus Damim Gilei Rais, all those things? Then it would be Yaharig Val Yaver. That's ridiculous. It's not Yaharig Val Yaver. He says Lo Amr Chazal Lo Haflik Ha'Avon. Chazal were trying to, uh, you know, they were speaking uh, with, you know, with some passion. Um, but, uh, but he says it's not any of the Yisurim Daraisa. And at the end of the day, he says it's probably only an Yisur Midrabanan. So the question then becomes, okay, now we know what Ashkas Hazara is. It's probably an Yisur Daraisa, perhaps an Yisur Midrabanan, but it's definitely an Yisur, right? It's definitely not, not Mutter. So is this person in a situation of Ones, though? Where the halacha is by mitzvahs in general that onus rachmana patri that if a person violates an avera onus like a, a shota right what's the definition of a shota a shota is someone who has no achrayus for his own self Rav Lapiansky has a beautiful uh, vart that he says from Rechaim Shmulevitz that the, the higher you are in Judaism 
the, it, it, it's the, the, your, your madrega in Judaism is a reflection of how much achrayas you have for other people. That a melech is the pinnacle of society. Why? Because he has achrayas for everybody. Who has achrayas? The shota is the lowest because the shota doesn't even have achrayas for himself. He can't even control his own actions. So does this make a person like a shota for that for that inyan? So yeshla ayin. At what point? He would lose, you know, the, that he's so hypersexual that he becomes a shota that it's, he's not a balbachira anymore. So anyway, uh, just to wrap it up because we're running out of time already, um, you know, it's very hard to know when a person gets to the point of onus where he has no control, and it's very, very difficult to tell the person, oh, don't worry, take the medicine, and then you'll be in onus every time you're motzizera. I mean, you can't just like give a person. You know, a license. You know, like uh, he's going to go up lachemay vesim, and of course, you know, based on shalmada, then say, why were you motzizera constantly? He'll say, oh no, I got a card from the rabbi that says that uh, you know I'm uh, I'm allowed to do whatever I want because uh, you know I'm an oness. So very difficult to tell the person that. So when I asked Rabbi Sablaski the shaila, he said, is the person really asking a shaila? Meaning, most often a person in this situation isn't going to ask. They'll do what they need to do because the alternative is unthinkable. That, uh, that they're going to continue to struggle to find the right medication. I said my impression was, the rabbi told me that uh, he's very close with this Balabas, and he said he's a growing person, and he's a real... He said he was really asking a shayla. So I said, okay, they have to take their medicine, but you cannot tell them that it's mutter to be motzizera. They should do their best. You have to tell them to do their best. Um, Rav Willig uh, was even stronger about that. He said, of course they have to take their medicine, but you cannot tell them, no way that you can tell them that it's mutter, it is not mutter. You have to tell them you have to take the medicine and you have to not be motzizara. What's going to happen when they are motzizara? Okay, that's, that's in the privacy of their own home. So I said, Rebbe, shouldn't we tell them that like, it's understandable, you know, that, that, that sometimes it might be an onus, and, but you really got to try your best and if you can't help it, then, then it becomes an onus. He didn't think that was uh, worth telling the person. He thought that you shouldn't open any doors. Just say, you know, you have to do your best. And uh, there's still a Nisra of Zara. I asked Rav Shechter, he said, also, got to take his medicine. Rav Shechter said, he's seen the wonders of uh, what, what medication can do for people who are bipolar. He told me he had his uh, Talmud who was bipolar. And he told, you know, when he was in Shiduchim, he would tell the girl that he was bipolar and he said but it's managed with medication and he said the guy is gvaldik. He, he has a wonderful family he's a, he's a, he has a, a job in Chinuch and he's uh, doing great things for Klal Yisrael and he manages it his whole life he's going to be managing it and he's really uh, you know he's very productive but he said he could tell in sheer when the guy was on his meds and when he wasn't on his meds it was very easy to tell um, so it's, it's really important that he takes his medicine Rav Shechter said you have to ask more questions meaning in the secular world, they say, okay, one of the side effects is you'll have to masturbate a lot. Okay, so big deal. So you'll be like uh, every teenager with an internet connection. You know, like, uh, so, so what's, the, uh, what's, what's the big deal? But in, in the Jewish world, you have to ask a follow-up. You have to ask, are there any medications that can dull the side effects? Right? Meaning, is there something that can counter the side effects? They would never think of it on their own because they don't care, Right? But, but if, if you care about it, you can ask whether there's an option. Are there any medications that could cause the zero to just come out in your sleep where it's not going to be something they have to actively do, which would be much better than, uh, than an active iser. So Shakta thought that there, there has to be further questions that are asked. Okay, we are out of time. Everyone have a wonderful Shabbos, and I will see you next week. Mir Hashem.